Weber as Navarre gets set. Places down. Kick is up. It's long enough. It's good! It's good! Michigan wins the game! Michigan shocks Washington, and the Wolverines are victorious! You are listening to the number one source for Michigan sports, WCBN 88.3 FM Ann Arbor. If you are an undergraduate who would like to get involved with the sports department, email us at sports at wcbn.org. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And a very strange last couple of days indeed with tornadoes and, gee, I think we got a half inch of snow today in Ann Arbor. Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. April showers. Yeah. You do get snow sometimes. I know Easter is late this year, but uh, I do remember snowy Easters from yesteryear back in the 70s. Well, yeah, I know the details because my birthday was over the weekend, and I've remembered snow on my birthday here in Michigan. So that's uh, the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. And uh, obviously the tornadoes are really a function of just simply uh, the northern American weather system in which Gulf, moist Gulf air is coming up from the Gulf of Mexico uh, northward, colliding with the cold Canadian air, and unfortunately it tends to meet in the kind of the Missouri, Texas, Arkansas area where the, thund- the serious thunder showers happen, and that's what breeds the tornadoes, and I guess this time it was North Carolina that got hit the hardest. <sighs> in any event... Uh, John Boehner's bridge to the continuing resolution uh, yes. passed. <laughs> Chalk went up for the Republicans. Uh, they quickly uh, rushed through the next year's budget. And uh, obviously, uh, Harry Reid has said it's dead on arrival. So we're going to have those pesky conference committees uh, determining the outcome of the budget. Interesting that today there was a big story regarding uh, Standard & Poor's report regarding American debt. This caused a minor correction in the stock market. Mm. All sorts of people wringing their hands on the business shows today and uh, been characterized as a political report, but not without uh, validity. Uh, These two parties are simply at odds with one another, and uh, it's uh, unmistakable that Paul Ryan, which was basically the the, the 2012 budget resolution that passed uh, the House of Representatives uh, on Friday with no Democratic votes is the Paul Ryan budget plan, and it pretty much calls for the privatization of Medicare. That's where the Republican Party is is taking us. And um, maybe more troubling in the short term are just some of the budget priorities that the Republican Party have, and I just wanted to focus on one Minor thing, but uh, it's important to me. EPA, 
EPA is uh, one of the uh, areas of government that the Republicans think we can save money. So they're cutting uh, the EPA budget significantly. In an interesting front page uh, report on Saturday about these EPA uh, priorities. And they highlight, for instance, the state of New Jersey. I'll just read from the article very briefly. Um, Daniel Weiss, uh, Leslie Kaufman wrote the article. Daniel Weiss, director of uh, climate strategy for the Center of American Progress, a liberal Washington policy group, said that by his calculation, the Republicans had sought nearly $10 billion in cost cuts related to efficiency and renewable energy, but got less than $3.7 billion in cuts. But that was what they were gunning for, and there are $3.7 billion in cuts. Um, total cuts appear to be... Um, just in the first round, $1.6 billion in cuts from EPA and $46 million from programs related to climate change. Those are the priorities. They cite uh, Governor Christie in New Jersey, who's become a kind of a favorite of the uh, pundits on the conservative side on the uh, television and radio talk shows uh, in uh, New Jersey, for instance who is uh, Governor Chris Christie, characterized as a Tea Party loyalist, uh, has said that the Highlands Water Protection and Planning Act, which preserves more than 800,000 acres of open land and supplies drinking water more than half of New Jersey's residents, is an infringement on property rights. Mr. Christie has moved to shift power from planning boards and government agencies to, quote, administrative judges, political appointees, who environmentalists tend to say rule more often in favor of developers' interests. That sounds an awful lot like Governor Snyder's plan to appoint his own hand-selected personal managers over so-called designated crisis districts. Yes, very similar. So th this is uh, how a governor's have pretty power. anti-democratic. <laughs> pretty anti-democratic, and of course what they're doing here is they're using the regulatory process to gut the regulatory process. They're cutting regulations by cutting the funding to the regulators. This worked so well uh, with the financial crisis uh, this past decade. SEC uh, doesn't have enough cops on the, on the job to uh, monitor what these banks are doing. And of course, it turns out that sometimes the cops are actually the robbers as well. It's hard to distinguish between the cops and the robbers sometimes. Well, it's also getting hard to distinguish between uh, those who uh, recognize the cult of Ayn Rand and those who oh, yeah. merely uh, just sort of absorb whatever some of these Tea Party loyalists, don't call me royalist, oilist, uh, what that even means, a Tea Party loyalist, uh, is a rather bizarre and meaningless phrase in and of itself, but... Yeah, Paul Ryan and this cult of Ayn Rand, uh, so-called objectivism, a kind of solipsistic twaddle that passes for philosophy. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way... It really a, deserves to come under mm -hmm. more serious scrutiny. Yeah, and a heavy influencer of Alan Greenspan. Indeed, yeah, <laughs> uh, among uh, some others. Um, but this uh, sort of emphasis uh, found in the works of Ayn Rand of dubious literary quality, I would also add my personal opinion... Um, 
Although I would uh, make a brief exception for the Gary Cooper uh, Patricia Neal film, oh yeah, uh, which has some uh, some good acting in it at the very least. Um, the Fountainhead, I believe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, her sort of uh, bizarre, well, let's call it status quoian approach, that uh, is also, I think, decidedly anti-Christian, which I find remarkable that the Republican Party so heavily leaning towards Christian ideology uh, in all the wrong and negative ways, I, I think. George W. Bush, Jesus is my favorite philosopher. Let's go start a war. Um, that uh, the the emphasis found in Ayn Rand's works are that the poor are parasites, that the weak are deservedly so, mm-hmm. that this noble elite rules by virtue of their success. And, of course, there are no ethical concerns for the fabric of society itself. It's simply a, uh, you know, big animal in the jungle. Well, and it's interesting that that was actually a sort of concept of the Nazis. Indeed it was. <laughs> How quickly we forget. Right. Mein Fuhrer, I can walk. Yes. So uh, whether or not, you know, there was a little piece on Paul Ryan on NPR last week talking, I think, humanize him for the middle of the road, left of center, typical listener of NPR. um, That, oh, you know, he goes jogging. I suspect he's some sort of uh, secret fetishist because his runs are called no mercy runs it's that sort of long painful you know you're weak oh, if uh-huh. you quit sort sure. of approach to uh, exercise but he's also a led zeppelin fan so you know hey well when is the good old fashioned american rock and roll uh segment going to stand up and say you know quit cramming your is uh, his favorite tune cashmere or a whole <laughs> lot of love <laughs> you know one of the real rock and rollers going to say uh-huh. hey you know uh this is not the america that that we love <clears throat> this uh, anti-democratic and not necessarily anti-Christian, but just anti-human approach uh, to governance. Yeah, and I like my characterization of him as a cross between Eddie Munster and Leave It to Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> that seems pretty apt. He seems to be more like Eddie Munster in the last couple of weeks than Leave It to Beaver. Um, but yeah, the Pentagon spared in these budget cuts. Uh, It's interesting that some experts actually pointed out that the continuing resolution amounted to something like actually about $300 million in total cuts because the contracts were already appropriated. And uh, Mm. there's been a little bit of misleading nonsense about how this budget could have been passed last year. Well, traditionally, Congresses have uh, like all people, procrastinated, delayed, 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 and they've always passed budgets at the last second. That's the way it works. Um, that's the way it's been working. I don't remember when a budget was passed ahead of schedule. It doesn't happen in the state of Michigan very often. And it's interesting that the recent Harper's Index, for instance, noted that the uh, estimated percentage changed since 2000 in the U.S. defense budget, not including the wars, in Iraq and Afghanistan, 80% increase. The Pentagon is not being asked to sacrifice, so it's interesting that Obama is trying to sell his uh, deficit reduction proposal as a as sort of a different brand. Last week I talked a little bit about this uh, incredible Pentagon budget that amounts essentially to a uh, trillion dollars when you figure in uh, veterans uh, costs as well as interest on the debt um and uh yes um, uh, the republican party has been the 
party of borrow and spend for the last 30 years. And there's just simply no focus on the how we got where we're at problem rather than uh, presenting to the American people these sort of alarmist scenarios about what will happen if we don't act now. Um, we do need to act on some things. Social Security has minor tweakings that can be done to save it, but uh, Medicare and Medicaid indeed do need serious uh, reform, but turning it into a private voucher system to subsidize insurance companies doesn't strike me as a particularly efficient way to go. I mean, one of the problems and one of the great uh, maybe tragedies in American history regarding the budget is the unwillingness of the Republican Party to deal with uh, Bill Clinton's very modest health care uh, proposals mm -hmm. back in the early 90s. They were presented as the victors in, in uh, the war, the political war over the Health Care Reform Act, because they were able to uh, pillory Hillary so successfully. Um, and, uh, but they didn't do anything about the fundamental problem. And uh, a very fine book, indeed, that I read last year by T.R. Reid, and the title escapes me right now, but it's basically a comparative analysis of the American healthcare system, which he points out as a sort of an amalgam of several international systems that have both good and bad features. And, of course, it focuses on the cost problem that uh, is definitely uh, part of the fundamental, uh, inf uh, shall we say, demographics problem. The demographics problem is real. It's real because uh, if you look at population uh, statistics, the baby boom generation is turning 65 this year. 1946 is the defined beginning of the baby boom generation. What's interesting about the year 1946 is the birth rate in America went up for 11 straight years. Uh, it peaked in 1957. That means there are more elderly people qualifying for Medicare and Social Security uh, every year, and that's the way it's going to be for the next decade. So this is one of the reasons why uh, you sometimes have to look more at demographics to look at budget, uh, um, shall we say, solvency and or budget balancing, and not just at the numbers themselves. There are uh, stories behind the numbers. So the Growth in Medicare uh, expenses is real, uh, and it needs to be dealt with in a substantive way. Whether vouchers are the way to go strikes me as uh, questionable. It's interesting that, for instance, the governor, the current governor of Florida, Mr. Scott, um, got elected governor despite being involved in billions of dollars of Medicare fraud means he's perfect to run the government of Florida, apparently. A <laughs> Medicare state. He settled out of court. Um, troubling. So if we want to turn over our future to, oh, those ever-so-nice capitalists, the insurance healthcare companies, good luck. Take two aspirin and call me in the morning. But I've always said, you know, America does need a health policy. It needs health policy reform. No question about it. Uh, but uh, the privatization of Medicare strikes me as a uh, premature and bad way to go. Yeah, and uh, consider its proponents. Um, another, and 
your uh, comments last week uh, come to mind as well. Um, a lot of opportunities to cut spending, to cut waste, to cut fraud, to cut big government right there in the military budget. Very interesting that uh, on the 11th of this month, the World Bank issued its flagship annual world development report published today, uh, April 11th. This from an article by Alan B. Adl Alan Beattie. Looked like Alan Beadle with two T's. I had to look over my glasses there at that. Uh, from the Financial Times of that day. And guess what the finding of the flagship annual World Development Report of the World Bank is? Do tell, do tell. That countries trapped in repeated cycles of war and violent crime are badly served by the global framework for peacekeeping and humanitarian relief. Surprise, surprise. Now, this is meant to uh, talk about the nations to whom relief is sent, nations in crisis, mm -hmm. fragile nations, as they're defined at one point. Um, but I think it would be just as uh, reasonable an interpretation of this language to suggest that our own country is trapped in a repeated cycle of war and violence mm -hmm. that is not working. There are no solutions uh, being presented through the... Uh, volume of money that's been wasted. A very interesting anecdote. Uh, a couple of weeks ago at a Red Wing game at Joe Lewis Arena, uh, at one point during the game, uh, during every game, uh, there's a salute to the troops, and uh, some veterans or active servicemen in attendance will be shown on the big jumbotron, and people are asked to thank, and people cheer. It's a big uh, celebratory you know, moment for the crowd. Everybody applauds. As the applaud uh, dwindles, I typically shout when I'm in attendance at a game, end the war, bring them home. A mm -hmm. couple minutes later, a guy in front of me turns around and says, did you shout that? And I said, yes, I did. And he says, well, I just got back from uh, active duty over there, and uh, the war is a fraud. Yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, you know, things way more important back here at home. Was and he in Iraq or Afghanistan? He was in Iraq. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he'd done uh, two uh, tours of duty there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there it is, folks. That's unsolicited testimony from an average American citizen who's actually been there. And um, when are we going to wise up to the massive shift in uh, this nation's wealth? Um the World Bank's report goes on to add here, to tie this back into this article, uh, that, uh, quote, 21st century violence does not fit the 20th century mold. Um, and that it is harder for, uh, much harder for countries to get international assistance to support development of their police forces and judiciaries than their militaries. Um, and, of course, uh, aid budgets in rich countries are being scrutinized and cut. Mm -hmm. And so what is actually fairly uh, efficient use of money, that is international aid, uh, assistance to fragile nations of a more peaceful and benign nature, uh, is way more efficient, uh, way more effective, way more popular in the world than our willingness to just plunk down bases. And so... You know, when will this call be put out there in the, you know, the big world of politics? It's nobody calls this shot that uh, there's the waste, there's the spending. That's the waste, fraud and abuse, uh, to use that 
euphemism that's always used in political campaigns on where we can save money in the in the federal it's government. Pretty clear it's where waste, the... fraud, and abuse. Yeah, that's what it is. It's reassuring to know, by the way, that in Baghdad, uh, the price of a uh, cup of ice cream at Ice Pack, an Iranian-owned desert franchise, <laughs> is uh, two dollars and fifty cents. The price for a hamburger at the Freedom Restaurant in the Green Zone is three dollars. <laughs> The Freedom Restaurant. That tells you all you need to know. Um, this is characterized as freedom. Uh, we know uh, there's no such thing occurring over there. We also know that, uh, as one military critic of the war joked, what happens when you uh, encounter four, uh, 60 insurgents and you kill four of them? How many uh, new insurgents do you have? 56. <laughs> because the four that you've killed now has their families after you. Um, we've been in uh, Afghanistan now almost a decade. What have we accomplished there? Inquiring minds want to know. Yes, we have at some point staved off a little bit of the, uh, shall we say, the increase of the Taliban's resurgence. Um, the Taliban incidentally took over Afghanistan because of the chaos created by uh, our involvement with radical Muslims in the 1980s, the so-called Ronald Reagan policy. This is a, an area where we won the Cold War, supposedly, because the Russians went home. And, of course, the myth is promoted in the United States that we won this war. Of course, we're still there. Uh, we've been there since 1979, if the truth be told. Uh, the Soviets got wise when Gorbachev came into power, and he left. <laughs> We didn't drive him out. He said, this is costing us too much money. We need to leave. That's what the facts are. But the American media has spun this as a example of American exceptionalism, if not triumphalism. What have we triumphed and what are we accomplishing? It was very interesting on Saturday or Friday, I think it was Friday, when the actual debate in the House of Representatives was being conducted Live on C-SPAN. I don't watch C-SPAN all that often, but it's very instructive sometimes to listen to the speeches. Because what you get is the honorable gentleman from Kentucky, who was the Republican leader of the debate, yielding to the honorable gentleman from Texas. And, of course, on the Democratic side, I forgot who the honorable... Oh, he was the honorable gentleman from Washington, Norman Dix who was yielding to the honorable gentlewoman from Connecticut or wherever it was. But Rosa DeLauro, a congresswoman from Connecticut and a sort of very left-wing Democrat, pointed out what all, what all this uh, hoopla was about, all the spending cuts. She went down the list of the details, talking about, oh, well, we're going to cut... Uh, Spending for elderly women. We're going to uh, cut uh, uh, spending for the school lunch program, et cetera, et cetera. The usual suspects. EPA, you know. the Head start. Head start. The, you know, this is the, the, the 12% is what you're focused on. Where are the cuts elsewhere in the budget if you want to save the money? Nowhere to be found. Yeah. So it's this continuing fraud, the continuing delusion. Well, and the lie that it's about the budget. Yeah, really, ultimately, and then it's not really about the budget or balancing the budget. It's about ideological agendas. And the budget can be balanced if that is the objective. But you cannot balance the budget if you take taxes completely off the table, right. as the Republicans have done. When you see new data that show that 
the top 1% have 25% of the national income and control 33% of the, of the wealth in the United States. The top 1%, that's what's wrong with the United States economy. The United States economy essentially has a distribution problem. Uh, workers are not being paid enough to work. <laughs> if they are paid more, they'll spend more probably. This is this is this is what it's all about, and this is why the American dream has been, uh, shall we say, uh, what was that euphemism that Grover Norquist used? Strangling the babel, the baby in the, in the bathtub. Yeah. Woo. That says it all right there. Strangling the baby in the bathtub. We want to create the deficits to be so high that we can strangle the baby in the bathtub. Well, if you strangle the baby in the bathtub, you go to jail. <laughs> it's called murder. <laughs> and of course, the reference is to the old adage, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes. And his witty retort uh, was rather uh, ideologically chilling. Um, and I don't think uh, clever uh, in a Jonathan Swift way, I think just an actual one of those slips. A sort of an awkward moment where uh, a grotesque truth is is brazenly uttered. Yeah, and of course what this budget de debate has underscored is the fact, fundamentally at the end of the day, the Democrats and the Republicans do have different priorities about government, the role of government, what the spending should be on. Uh, it's interesting, of course, that the United States, regarding the intervention in Libya, that if we've noted, and uh, even the media has noted, that it seems to be driven by uh, Sarkozy, who, of course, is wagging the dog. He's mm -hmm. in political problems at home. And how interesting that the British are also involved in the hawkishness of uh, NATO's position, because the British austerity measures are working so effectively. The conservatives, of course, won the elections last May. Um, David Cameron has forged a, uh, a coalition government with the liberal, uh, democratic, well, I guess they're actually in Britain, they're called the Liberal Party. Um, they've got the coalition government. They've been cutting spending at, uh, very, very high rates. Including, a massive closure of libraries in England. Yeah, libraries, um... Apparently the symphonies are okay there. We've we've had a lot of discussion of symphonies lately here in the uh, Detroit area mm. because of the recent uh, settlement involving the DSO. The uh, Philadelphia Philharmonic over the weekend declared bankruptcy. Uh, America's priorities are mixed up, and they're mixed up because the uh, people leading the charge of the light brigade are not leading us into the light. They are leading us into the darkness. <laughs> there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Well, and it seems like a concerted effort to smash out the lights. Yeah. Uh, really, at the end of the day. And, do, you know, do there need to be reforms? And, and does the deficit need to be addressed? Sure, there is a complete disparity in the... Uh, I mean, the deficit is there because there, frankly, is, at the end of the day, not enough uh, revenue collection. If the... American well, General Electric doesn't pay taxes at all. Yeah, when we, we have the, the corporate loopholes or we give oil companies massive subsidies when they don't need them. They're making money hand over fist. Record, record profits each quarter. It's fascinating, by the way, sometimes uh, in the old days when the oil prices went up, the stock market used to go na down. Now it's the other way around <laughs> because the oil companies are such a big part of the Dow Jones Industrial. <laughs> when oil prices go up, the Dow goes up.
Oh, that's good for the for the Dow because the oil companies are such a big part of the Dow. Well, yes, I mean these are the, the priorities, and when I hear that we're cutting back on renewable energy, um, regardless of your position on climate change or global warming, uh, interesting that over the weekend uh, another international report has come out. The scientists again. Uh, America loves to ignore scientists and listen to demagogues, and Glenn Beck has reported that the Arctic ice has retreated uh, in massive quantities. Where? In northwest Canada and um, northeast Russia. The Arctic Ocean is retreating. It doesn't mean that the sea rise is going to accompany that, but that means that's more ice that's melting into the water. The water is growing in uh, size, and when, as we've pointed out here, the seas will rise when Greenland and Antarctica continue to lose ice, because that ice is on the land, and that does raise the sea levels. Um, Americans apparently don't believe in climate change as much as they did five years ago. It's not in the Bible. (laughs) It's not. Uh, I bet I could find a passage somewhere where it is. Yeah, we could twist and tweak. Well, you'd think simply on economic and uh, entrepreneurial competitiveness alone, you'd want to try to at least stay competitive, if not pull ahead, of China, who are leaps and bounds ahead of us in these technologies, yeah. which are the secure energies of the future. Well, and, and Germany, too. Germany, it's interesting. They had some regional elections you know, a couple weeks ago. Who lost China? We used to be the question uh, for the Democrats, you know, who let China go communist as though it was any of our business, what the Chinese government happened to yeah. end up being. Um, and now the Republicans are willing to just throw this, well, competitive edge. We don't want a competitive edge in a developing technology. Why would we want that? Perhaps the question needs to be asked, who lost America? Indeed. Um, but the data is fairly overwhelming that there are problems and that these problems, you know, it, you know, when the Republicans control the Congress and the presidency in 34 of 40 years, one or the other or both, and uh, their policy agendas have prevailed for most of the time, one would think that the Tea Party would be kind of interested in how we got here, but they don't seem to be. Um, they seem to want to pin them, the blame on Obama. Well, Obama's had some deficiencies here and there, but Obama on the big picture has a much better, more sensible approach to where we need to go. He does call for more military spending cuts. The Republicans have ignored him. Um, we haven't intervened in Libya, by the way, uh, on the ground that uh, Gates and Obama have sort of drawn the line in the sand on literally. Because we don't have the troops. They're in Iraq and Afghanistan, or they're in veterans' hospitals here in the United States suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome. In fact, there was a notable suicide this last week of a serviceman, a veteran, uh, several tours of duty in Afghanistan, uh, who was an outspoken advocate of veterans' rights, uh, succumbed to post-traumatic depression, shot himself earlier this week. His name I don't have in front of me, but... uh, you know, this is just one of hundreds of tragic tales. Sure, and if if the veterans' budget goes from 
22 billion dollars is it was is it basically roughly was before george bush took office and now it's 122 billion a year that's a trillion dollars a decade mm-hmm. that's one of the additional costs of these uh, these uh, misguided wars and if if defense spending increased almost 100% during the decade of uh, the George Bush uh, the second era uh, 